I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and I'm very thankful that Catherine took the time to nominate a beautiful integrative veterinarian, Dr. Elaine Sabuliak, for a Game Changer Award. And she's joining me here today from Australia to talk more about the amazing work she's doing with animals. So thank you to Catherine for nominating Dr. Elaine, and thank you, Elaine, for joining me today. And thank you so much for inviting me. It's so, so nice. Your platform has reached people all over the world and you're, you are the game changer of holistic medicine for pets and, and also their people all around the world. It's very nice to be here. Thank you. So beautiful. And it's this mutually synergistic relationship that we have with our integrative colleagues, all doing kind of what we do in our own space. But when we come together, we're this amazing body of professionals that are doing what we can to not only provide non-toxic resources and healing modalities for our patients, but to help bring our conventional colleagues, if needed, to provide them resources and additional information, ideas, and tools in their toolboxes if indeed they're looking for additional resources. I think the integrated medical community is one that is capable of helping our profession with the profound amount of burnout going on. And Mm. you're doing all of those things. I know where you work. So I'm so thankful to have the opportunity for our listeners and readers to learn more about the, the huge body of work that you have done and that you are doing. So for people who may not be familiar with all that you've done, Elaine, let's start back from what inspired you to be a veterinarian? But then also you graduated with this set of tools that you know are amazing for infectious disease and triage for acute trauma. But then you probably realized that you were lacking and or you wanted more. And then walk us through that transition to you gaining more tools. Okay. Well, um, I'd say I was born into it, really. My dad was a chiropractor and we lived in Hawaii growing up. So Hawaii, naturally, um, you're exposed to the elements and to a certain amount of like family and caring. My dad um, really loved animals and he had a dog when he was quite young. And um, he gave me a puppy when I was about, I want to say I was about seven in Hawaii, something like that. I remember raising this puppy. Um, And then The neighborhood kids, if they found like a bird with a broken wing from about that age, would bring them to me, I guess, because dad did first aid. And so I kind of learned bandages and stuff like that. Um, So I think I was always destined to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. We moved when I was 15 from Hawaii to Australia. It was like a retirement plan that my dad had thought of. University was actually free in this country at that time. Mm -hmm. So my brother and I um, were going to be enrolled. We started with the dentist. So our first and second year, we had subjects together, physiology, anatomy, um, some of the anatomy anyway, um, biochemistry. They were all things that we did with dentists. Hmm. And so um, I, I knew them and I knew kind of what my brother had done. And as a new grad, I was like, there's a lot of periodontitis going on here. <laughs> we don't have a ton of training. And I became quite involved with that. Um, and I just started, you know, studying on my own. So I was in a central Queensland practice, um, whereas that's where my husband and I ended up opening um, clinics. So he, my husband's a doctor. And we were the only vet and the only doctor in that area for a while. So we had to invent everything. So 
you know, we, I had to learn how to do things. Every now and again, I'm like, oh, it can't be that hard. It can't be brain surgery. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've done brain surgery. <laughs> you know, like you just had to do stuff. So, yeah. and it was mixed practice. So we had to do large animals, had to go out and see horses and things and lots of interesting stories there. Um, but, you know, you just fiddled. Um, I did learn um, the cranial cruciate repair technique using the tensor fascia lati and making an, a, a new ligament that way. Um, mm -hmm. There was nobody to refer to. There were no specialists. So you just had to figure it out. And I think that's missing a bit now because there are specialists. You have to do gold standard. And I think this is part of the huge stress too. And then the owners want the best. And there's too many frigging lawyers now. So it's like they're like so worried that they haven't got the notes written to essay standard that they've learned at uni. Um, they need to, the new grads need to learn shorthand. They need to just have, you know, dot points, I think. Oh, they spend no. too long doing that. So all the stresses that are there, oh, I can't do it because I'm not a specialist, so I can't even try. And then they're stuck, you know. Um, so so that's how, how it evolved. Yeah. Um, and then in the year 2000, I sat for a membership, so it's one of the training methods in dentistry, which I passed, um, and I, I – continue to teach that around and the little tricks during that that are, that were just like mind-blowing it's like oh did you know that the canine teeth of the cat if they fracture like one millimeter off the tip you've got an exposed pulp and then it ends up being a pulpal um endodontitis and then it's got a pulpitis and that tooth needs to be treated immediately um within two days for a root canal or it needs to be extracted every second year vet student needs to have a 15 minutes with you around the world because you would have saved us. Think of all the yeah. sweating yeah. and yeah. anxiety and cortisol that first year out. If I would have had your whiz, your nuggets yeah. of knowledge, but yeah. Elaine, I really view you, you are a little bit of a jack of all trades and partly because you had to be when you were literally doing, you were the yeah. only human medical doctor and the only veterinarian in your area. You literally yeah. had to do it all. So you did. And that yeah. gave you this body, this wealth of information and this body of experience that you probably never would have fathomed, but you and now have. You stand on the shoulders of others though. So with the dental stuff, I called in the local dentist. I yeah. called the orthodontic. Makes sense. So I had to do things, say for a breeding dog that they needed to just move two teeth like these ones. Yes. And so I talked to the orthodontist and said, can you help me make something? And then they were all our clients, you know, like my husband's patients. <laughs> so we had dinner together and stuff like that. So they made a plate. You just me. figure it out. Okay. Right. So here's, so here's my question about food, because you're, you seem to be, I know that your kind of specialty was with teeth and that's awesome. And we need, we need, we need way more people talking about how, how we can take care of our beloved's teeth better for sure. But let's talk about food because how were you introduced then to the nutrition part of things? How, how did you, how did your experience shift from when you graduated from vet school and you were taught, you know, to just feed these foods and recommend them because you have this body of information from your life experience that, that has caused you to be a very different veterinarian than, than when you graduated. So yeah. how how did that happen with food? Yeah, well, it never made sense to feed a packet dried food ever, did it? <laughs> it just didn't. Make, you know, because my mom was a good cook, and I grew yes. up eating Chinese real food, real food, real food. Yeah, that's what I grew up eating. And my dad also, 
Well, he was into supplements. He's a chiropractor. I think they kind of do that. I remember my dad blending up a banana and putting, I think it was called tiger's milk, into his blender and he'd make this thing before he went off to it. Both my parents have passed, but they lived to be about 95. So um, so I, I just knew that, you know, a prepackaged cereal just didn't make a lot of sense. And then our nutrition um, book did state that the nutrient requirement level for carbs was about 5% for dogs. And, and that was back in the literature back in the day, in 1975, 76. So I kind of knew that obviously kibble wasn't the way to go. So I have to ask, what what is your, what do you love most about about what you're doing, you've done a lot and you're doing a lot. What do you, when you get up in the morning, what do you love most about what you're doing now? Um, I guess I like to see people and pets get better yeah, <laughs> and quickly. It's like, you know, people sort of bring these things in. There was a dog that had this huge cancer, old dog, 17 plus, maybe 19. Anyway, heart murmur, been to all the other vets, can't operate because it's got a bad heart, can't do surgery. I'm like, well, I did standing cows, I did standing horses. We took lumps off with local, right? So it was a Saturday morning. I had two nurses. I felt it. I could get my hands underneath it like that. And I went, oh, why don't you go and have coffee across the street and we'll see what we can do with that. So, So acupuncture for calming. Spray, lavender, nice nurse holding, calm, calm, calm. That's the other thing I teach the nurses because yeah. everyone, the owners and the nurses, like, it's okay, it's okay. I'm like, no, drop your shoulders, less voice, calm, slow, sexy, deep voice. <laughs> and so you, you do all that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I just got the, so I clipped it, cleaned it, got the clamps under it like that, clamped it. Cut it off with a scalpel blade, got the bleeders, stapled it closed. <laughs> she came back half an hour and was gone. And she just about fell over and collapsed. And she went, oh, my God, you're kidding. Oh, my God. We got another two plus years out of that dog. That is so amazing. I love everything about it. It's just so, sadly, it's a lost art. You're absolutely right. It's a total lost art. And young veterinary students don't have role models like you sadly they, to, they have to, refer, to follow to the cardiologist they have to right refer, right you know because then yeah. you need the anesthetist to be watching this case that's right that's right they that's die right. under the anesthetic and you've got to have the gold standard and if you don't have the gold standard the vet surgeons board could look after at you of and course. take you down yeah. and you could lose your job and then that's you right. can't make money and so you may as well kill yourself i'm like no that's not right <laughs> Yes. You don't have yeah. to kill yourself. There's a lot of stuff you can do. <laughs> and yeah. you're what it's just beautiful that you are living a life where you're educating, you're bringing kids in, you teach, you teach other veterinarians, you're teaching your colleagues, you're teaching young veterinarians. You're doing a really good job of role modeling a different path. And I just am, I'm very inspired, but I'm also so very thankful that you continue to put forth the teaching aspect, in addition to helping pets feel better and mm-hmm. live the, their best quality of life and uh, knitting together that relationship between family and animal and keeping that going, sustaining that, you are providing common sense, breath of fresh air, last ditch efforts 
for animals that otherwise wouldn't have them. And you're letting kids see that as a possibility, which is wildly inspiring. I love that. So out of that, Elaine, if you could, if you could share with the world one thing that you would want to share or that you've learned thus far on your journey, what would it be? We're back to, you know, pain and pain prevention and flipping the lip and recognizing dental disease. I think that's a real biggie. Good. Um, And then just helping the animals get rid of those sources of pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Checking teeth and checking on pain. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's right. Good. Things. Yeah. I love that Catherine took the time to nominate you. She said, um, she said a lot of amazing things about you, but she said that you are the most compassionate human working tirelessly to do things in other parts of the world to make the world a better place for other cultures in other in other countries, but you are also working tireless, tirelessly locally in terms of herbal treatments, nutritional device, massage, laser, acupuncture, your treatment protocols allow animals and cancer patients to live longer life with a greater expectancy, better quality of care because of all that, you know, so she had a lot of amazing things to say about all the work that you're doing. So I appreciate you taking time today to share with us in a little bit more detail about your fascinating past, your very bright and exciting future in terms of how you are contributing powerfully and mightily to help save the world in in the lane that you are capable of doing. Well, with everybody else. (laughs) I hope to inspire other people to keep this on because none of us get to live forever. None of us do it by ourselves. It's always a team. Yes. And I'm so grateful to my contacts in Indonesia that that, that run with my ideas and I'm like, you can do this guys. Come on, let's do it. So, yeah. So I can see it as a bigger picture thing. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much for what you do. You're amazing. Well, I thank you for spending time this morning, uh, inspiring all of us to do everything we can take a common sense approach, look at the teeth, watch for pain and do everything we can to protect and preserve those around us. And I love the fact that you're being such a beautiful role model for all of us. Elaine, thank you so much. And congratulations on your Game Changer Award. Thank you so much. Thank you, Catherine, for doing that. That's wonderful.